welcome to the Conscious Coaches on the Mission, the podcast where we take super inspiring and profitable mindset, energetics, and online business strategy and get it into the hands of the most heart-centered people like you, creating mission-driven, soul-aligned businesses. I'm your host, Eugenia Oganova. I am a Clairvoyant seven-figure business strategist, personal transformation expert, and a messaging energetics coach with over 20 years of experience. I'm the owner and CEO of TranscensionGate.com and the creator of the Conscious Future Method. I'm also a best-selling author of three books, and I've been featured in over 100 publications, specializing in helping spiritual coaches and healers sustainably scale into multiple six and seven figures without forcing themselves to work harder by weaving masculine business strategy to feminine quantum energetics and customizing with their unique soul design and mission. Twice per week, in my 20-minute conversations, I'll be celebrating one lucky conscious entrepreneur on a unique mission, their expertise, business growth, leadership, and contribution to human awakening. Stick around to the end of the show. In 20 minutes, I'll reveal how you can be my next guest. Let's do it. Our today's guest is Tracy Hill. She is a subtle energy alchemist coach, which is really interesting in itself. So you're going to love this conversation. She helps her clients take back their power, heal their emotional trauma, love themselves better. You can find her on consciousevolution.coach. She helps people achieve success pretty much through soulful and intuitive exploration and emotional exploration. So welcome, Tracy. Thank you so much for having me here. Oh, I'm so glad that we're going to talk about this because we know how much role emotions play in someone's well-being and successful lifetime. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So let's start by uh, talking a little bit about what does the subtle energy alchemist do? Like you have your own kind of a specific flavor of working with energy. So um, what does that look like and how does it, mm, what's the experience for the clients? So what I like to do is take what can't be seen and make it conscious, right? So I am altering energies. I am altering your subtle energies to make them a part of your physical body. So in quantum physics and quantum mechanics, they talk about quantum collapse. I know you have a very smart audience. So the wave of possibilities are limitless. And so what happens from the subtle energy into the physical is we choose one of the possibilities and it collapses into the physical body. And if you're not in alignment, so if all your all of your bodies, your, your chakras, your physical body, your uh, supramental, your vital, your mental bodies aren't in alignment, we are then out of alignment, which is dis-ease and we have experienced disease. So I like to educate and give tools to my clients to help them see that once you have those in alignment, you kind of find your true north. You find your compass heading in the right direction and you're no longer veering so far off course. And so the subtle part comes in because what I find is that I work with women and they're typically married and working and are mothers. And they don't want a huge disruption in life. I mean, as you know, shadow work can be very disruptive if you decide to rip the Band-Aid off. 
And so my approach is more subtle. I allow the body to process and we allow the integration to happen. And so my coaching is, you know, it's really the tip of the iceberg, but it's a really good launching pad to get you in the right direction. You know, the journey never ends, right? (laughs) We're here. The journey, you know, continues on well past uh, whatever age. And so my goal is to give clients the tools and techniques that they can take with them, not for just now, but continue on or explore more and just go through life with a childlike awe and wonder of, well, what does this mean? And why do I feel this way? And giving themselves the space without judgment to just be so that their life is not fully disrupted. You know, they can still be a mom and they can still work. I mean, hopefully there's more tears and emotions opening up, but we have some, I'll say quote normalcy and it's not a huge disruption. Mm -hmm. And how would someone know that they are in a place that they need to rebalance their energy from your perspective. Like I used to do energy work for God over 20 years now. So I have my own sort of ways of how I teach my clients to recognize that. And I'm sure you have yours. So what would be that you would use as a sign to tell somebody like, oh, this is what you need to be dealing with? Well, if they have any physical symptoms, so any kind of illness or disease is definitely a big clue. And then when clients come to me and they're like, I just feel stuck. And we look for these patterns that they know, maybe not super consciously know that they're stuck in. Um, For example, um, I gave this example the other day that, you know, after dinner, whether you have a family or you're by yourself after dinner, you're bored, you sit on the couch, you watch TV and you eat snacks. And this is not something that you want to continue. It's kind of mindless, but you're aware that you're doing it. And these cycles continue and then you just don't like the outcome and you want to change, but you're not doing anything to change. So these are the, we look for cycles and patterns that have been happening that, you know, you want to shift out of and, but you're not, you don't know how you're just kind of like, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't even want to say lazy, but you just, you don't even know who to look for to help you shift out of that mode. Mm -hmm. And what role would you say emotional trauma plays in repetitive cycles, because obviously that's part of the equation. It is definitely a part of the equation. So emotional trauma is a huge category, but there's also ancestral trauma, which I find to kind of be the bigger denominator because most people who have emotional trauma or these Um, ancestral emotions that get handed down that become trauma, they often question like, you know, why do I even have this? Or maybe they're not even questioning, but they can say, well, you know, heart disease runs in my family or cancer runs in my family. And I immediately know that there's a stuck emotion that keeps getting handed down on a cellular level because our cells hold that emotion. And the it's almost like giving over your power to something that um, really you can identify and I'll say take control of very loosely, but you can do something with that and decide that you don't want that emotion to continue to be running your script. And those are the ones that when they get acknowledged and hopefully released, they make the biggest impact. 
So I'll say that makes the bigger impact, but they're both super important because the emotional trauma, as you know, starts at a very young age. And a lot of times, you know, as adults, we just ignore it because we think, oh, that was when I was a kid. It doesn't matter anymore. But it totally matters <laughs> at this point. Exactly. And when I used to do energy work, we used to connect a lot of the components from the past lives into how that gets imprinted into generational trauma and then into emotional trauma. So everything that you're saying makes so much sense and it is so needed in the world right now so that people end up being the stopping point of their generational trauma and do not give it further down the line to their family. Exactly. Yeah. That And I don't speak on that too much because the clients typically that come to me are kind of like past life. What? (laughs) So, but I completely agree. Everything is connected. Everything is energy. Nothing is created nor destroyed. So that line and, and part of my issue in this lifetime has been from different, many, many different lifetimes that have kept coming down. And this was like, you know, one of the worst of them all. So Understanding that, um, it helps you to be able to take back your own personal power, which I feel like, especially right now, is people are missing that piece where they feel like, well, everything is out of my control, so I'm handing over my health, my you know, my mental health, my spiritual state to this person. So whether it's a doctor or a politician or someone who they feel has the answer, when really the answer is inside of you. And that's what I hope people can learn from me is that you have the, your own power. You know, I'm not a guru or an authority figure. I just understood the patterns in my life, which translate to pretty much everybody else's life. It's the same patterns. And when you see the patterns, you can stop and rewrite the script. Oh, that is so true. And I absolutely agree with you about the patterns. That's one of the things I always tell my clients is that in order to collapse potential that you want out of the quantum field, you have to release the pattern that keeps collapsing the wrong potential. Exactly. <laughs> so, totally makes sense. And it is so needed right now, this whole empowerment thing. I know it's been thrown around like the war, like, yeah, 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 we're all supposed to be powerful authority. But it as the planet, as the humanity, we're moving into the stage where it is the next step of human evolution. And, you know, your your whole website is, is even called Conscious Evolution. <laughs> so it's the evolution of humanity to stand in that. And um, was there some personal lesson that you had to deal with, like you mentioned a little bit, like through your story in order to get into this work and to become so proficient at it? I have many, but... <laughs> Um, so I had a couple, one, one of the bigger ones. So I was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis in 2000. Uh, I went through the Chicago fire Academy and I, I say this because I worked as a, a trainer, I trained athletes to make them better athletes through science. And then I was in the army. I had a very masculine role, um, for most of my life and it served to protect me. Then I got married and had kids and um, I had a really, really bad pre-divorce where my ex threw me in jail. Um, You know, all charges were dropped because it was false statements. But while I'm sitting in my jail socks, it was 24 hours I was sitting in jail. I was freezing. I was hungry. I was scared. I didn't have my kids. I was very confused. And I decided, or I sat there thinking, you know, I could go one of two ways right now. I could either become the victim, roll over and woe with me and feel bad for me. 
Or I can decide to take back my own power. I can decide to be who I want to be, think how I want to think, feel how I want to feel. And right now, I, I like in that moment, I wanted to just hate him. But I thought that doesn't help anybody. And it took, it took a lot of work, <laughs> but I decided to rise up out of that and create my own reality. And in doing so, I mean, I was already on the path of healing, but, you know, I'm funny, but I'm grateful for the moment of being in jail and realizing that I don't have, no one else has the authority over me to tell me how to feel. I choose how to feel in each moment. And in this very moment, even though I'm sitting in jail, I'm fine. I'm okay. Like nothing is happening right now. I'm just sitting here. So it was this really big realization that, okay, if that's the case, then in any moment that, you know, feels really challenging, I can choose to change my perspective on it and choose to do something that I have control over to change the whole situation or the outcome and the, and the path. And that helps rewrite the, the the circuit board that keeps running, right? So if I chosen to not rise out of it, I would have been in victim mode. I was already diagnosed with MS. I had all these other things and I could have chosen to be a victim again. But I said, no, that's not how this works. That's <laughs> not this lifetime. <laughs> yeah, that is a very powerful story. And sometimes the lessons are very dramatic and obvious, kind of like in your situation. Sometimes they're not. For people, they kind of like afterwards you look back in a lifetime and you realize, oh, my God, that was a really bad situation. But while I was in it, I didn't even know how bad that actually was. But either way, the solution is still the same is that at some point you have to take back the power. So I'm very proud of you for doing it. And thank you for <laughs> doing this kind of work, because this this sounds like it was quite intense situation. It was. Yes. I mean, I had smaller ones. Like you said, I, I woke up one day and this was maybe five years ago. I would, I never nap and I happen to nap during the daytime and I woke up bawling my eyes out and I had this intense feeling of a fear of abandonment. Now I'm 48 going on 49 and this is five years ago. I'm like fear of abandonment. Where is this coming from? And I'm bawling my eyes out and my boyfriend's sleeping next to me and I'm bawling. I'm like, what's happening? And this fear of abandonment. I suddenly had, I had a QHHT sessions done twice and it was like the sudden uh, visual memory of abandonment from so many lifetimes. Every single lifetime I was abandoned and never abandoned in this lifetime. That's why I was like, I'm so confused. And it was like, oh my God, all those lifetimes coming forward. And all I had to do was acknowledge it. And, oh, okay, we're good now. We're, you know, it's acknowledge it, be good. And it's gone. So Fortunately, that was an easy one, but it came out of nowhere. <laughs> and it's a very good point you're making, too, is that I think a lot of times people over-process, they get kind of fixated on the pain and the excitement of, oh, I'm figuring this out. And then they dive in and just kind of like live in the processing as if they're born to fix themselves. And my philosophy is that we're not broken. We don't need to fix ourselves. We just need to remember who we are. So everything that you're saying about taking back the power, it's like, <laughs> It's actually a choice. It's a decision. It doesn't have to be some agonizing processing over a very long period of time. It could be a cathartic moment, but not necessarily a prolonged experience. Would you agree? I totally agree. Yes, 100% agree. It's like 
getting stuck in that cycle of needing to fix yourself all the time. I think I went through that for a short period of time. Like, oh, I got to fix this. Oh, I got to fix this. Oh, I see that, you know, and then you're never living. (laughs) So it's like you said, it's acknowledge it. And then there's nothing wrong with you. It's just, you want to become a better human. And that's all you're trying to do is be a better human every day, every moment, every choice you have, you can choose to be a better human, or you can choose to stay where you're at or or be a worse human. (laughs) Pick your, pick your path, but every choice should be toward growth and expansion. And that's where I sit. Like I, I love to see people grow and expand and explore and have these moments of like, oh, well, I, yeah, why do I think that way? Do, you know, always questioning, I should always be questioning everything. Because when we don't question, then again, we get stuck in that victim mode. So, you know, that growth and expansion comes with um, a path of definitely questioning why, you know, why your thinking is stuck in the way it's thinking or why you're thinking, I shouldn't say stuck, but in the path or cycle of why you're thinking what you're thinking. So for me, religion was a big thing. I I kind of uh, left the church, Catholic church at 18. And I knew I was always questioning at a young age, but it wasn't until I heard something from a priest and I, excuse me. And so I didn't agree with what he said. And then I began questioning everything I had learned. And I'm like, okay, so, you know, you're brainwashed in the Catholic church. Sorry for anyone who's Catholic, but that's how I see it. And you know, being told that the Virgin Mary and, you know, these stories that felt like allegory, but you're told, no, that's the way it is. I had to question all of those things. And um, I don't think that some of that's really true. And I'm thinking it's allegory, <laughs> so, you know, and even the small things in life, like, is it true that I have to graduate high school, go to college, meet the guy, get married, get the house, have kids? No, but that's what I did because that's what I thought I was supposed to do. <laughs> I was told all the time, this is what you're supposed to do. So it's a lot of questioning and making sure that, again, you are honoring your true self. And in doing that, you have to have radical honesty with yourself and without judgment. Oh, that is such an important point. And I always look at it that if you're like consciousness takes effort. So as soon as you stop applying effort of staying on course, it's just the programming takes over and then you're living whatever it is that your life has been programmed, just like what you're describing with anything, with the family, with the society, with religion and so on. Those are just different programs. And it is such an important point of paying attention to yourself within and questioning. And I think that questioning is actually beginning of conscious journey, because if you don't question, you cannot find your own power, right? Correct. Yes, absolutely. Questioning is so important. I mean, I tell my clients to question everything. You know, if you believe that eating three meals a day is because that's what you've done your entire life and you're 30, well, why? Mm -hmm. Who said that that's what's for you? Because you might not, that might not work for you. And that's okay. I mean, intermittent fasting was like taboo until 10 years ago. So, you know, question everything. Because if it doesn't, you know, 99% of people can agree with one way and you're the 1% that is like, no, that just doesn't work for me. And that's okay. There's no judgment on it. There's no really right or wrong way to live this life. It's what is in your heart and in your intuition, you know, guided intuition 
to follow your path and everybody's path should be different. <laughs> it's, mm-hmm. We shouldn't all be following the same path because otherwise we're all the same. And, exactly. You know, parts <laughs> of us are the same, right? I mean, <laughs> we all have skin and blood and everything, but after that, you know, we all have a unique gift to give to the world and that's what you should be focusing on. We can't all yeah. be good at everything. Yeah, and so, it actually looks to me like when somebody is not conscious, they kind of think, well, I'm like everybody else, or at least I'm like this group. So it kind of like fit into the tribe energetics. And then when they start to do their own work, they realize more and more what differentiates them because they're finding their own uniqueness. So when you're more uh, awakened within your conscious self, you understand how uniquely different you are. <laughs> But when you're not, so it seems like, well, I'm just like other people. <laughs> that is so true. Yes. It's like, you know, I I'm, I don't know about you, but when I was going through my awakening, I lost all my friends and I was like, mm-hmm. whoa, and not right away, but pretty close all right away. And, but then it felt okay because I realized, well, I'm actually happier because I really like who I'm becoming and I just need to find the right people. And, you know, there was a definite period of time of being lonely or not feeling connected to people, but that quickly turned around and I have like a beautiful tribe of people surrounding me. And and that's a beautiful thing. And like you said, when you become conscious, the things you thought you were supposed to be doing suddenly may not feel so great anymore. Um, Like drinking alcohol or watching TV or gossiping or, you know, any of the things that we do to subdue and, you know, subdue our emotions. Well, yeah, and every group is some sort of a field, right? So when you plugged into a morphogenic field, you kind of follow its rules, and then you change. And now you don't plug into that field anymore because your energetics uplifted your, elevated your frequency. You're in a different range now. So now you can't function by the rules of the field you used to. So all the friends that's still in that field fall off, sort of. And now you're looking for a different field to connect to that's matching more of your new range with that will come naturally with new friends, new connections, new opportunities. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That, and I noticed that when I was doing um, the scale of consciousness, I would check my level of consciousness. And as I was rising up, my idea of what a friend would look like changed because I changed my perception of reality. And so as you continue to climb that scale, your field of energy changes and shifts to a higher frequency. And therefore you bring in the higher frequency, which is obviously your your people know that there's manifestation, right? So we want to raise our vibration in order to attract more of that, which we desire. Oh, that is, that is a good point because everybody wants to attract what they desire. They just don't realize that the desire must come from the higher self, not the lower self. Then it's all totally attractable. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Speaking of attracting and growing, where do you see yourself and your business in, let's say, a couple of years from now? Well, uh, so I'm getting close to retiring from the fire department and I am going back to school to get my doctorate in um, integrative medicine. And so as I continue to coach, I will also be a doctor at some point and um, pretty much using frequency. Um, as my energetic guide and um, blueprint for helping people integrate all of those bodies, the subtle bodies and the physical body into a balance, a a harmony, so that we can have pure um, love, joy, 
peace, all the all the goodness, all the juicy goodness that we all want. Um, and all in alignment so that you're, you know, you're, you're sharing your gift with the world. And sometimes that gift is small or, or huge or whatever it is. And you're sharing your gift with the world. You're waking up with purpose and passion every day. And you're thriving in life, not just living and surviving, but thriving in life. And just so excited to, to, to be here on this planet at this amazing time. (laughs) Well, it's such a cool mission you have in life. I mean, this, this is, (laughs) I'm sure your clients are very happy to have you as their guide because this is <laughs> such an empowering component of just like walking through a journey where sometimes it's, you know, people can walk on their own, but it's much, much nicer to have somebody next to them who can kind of support. Like I get a feeling and correct me if I'm wrong, that you're not telling them what to do. You're kind of guiding them to find their own answers, right? Correct. Because I don't want, you know, again, I had to walk it alone mm-hmm. and it took me a long time and I don't feel like anyone should have to have that long experience like I did because now you are not sitting in your gift. Right. And so I definitely don't, I never tell people what to do. I definitely just guide and suggest and educate as much as possible because really you, I, I help people tap into intuition because once you have that intuitive knowing everything flows so much more smoothly and then you can really take off and decide what's best for you without help from anyone else. You know, you shouldn't, you shouldn't need me long-term or any coach long-term. You should be able to gain some footing and knowledge and then share that with other people. I have quite a few of my clients who have become coaches themselves, which Mm -hmm. I'm like, awesome. You know, we need more. We need people to help spread the message of you are powerful. You are your own healer. And intuition is a big part of that. Oh, exactly. And the more people understand it and the more they find their own gifts, the more we each contribute like a puzzle piece to the human collective consciousness, which then changes everybody. So kind of the benefit is internal and somewhat selfish, but it actually affects everything. So it's very selfless. (laughs) Exactly. I love that. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, you have a free gift for our audience and um, also tell how people can find you if they're interested to find out more because the work you do is very much needed right now on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So I have a 12-step a workbook to help you find which areas in your life are needing some support and which areas are thriving in. And it's a, a continual workbook that you can um, you know, look at every three to six months to help bump up a specific area of your life. And that you can go to consciousevolution.coach and sign up for my newsletter and it will send you that free gift immediately. You can also find me on Facebook as Conscious Evolution Coach and on TikTok, Conscious Evolution Coach also. Oh, this is awesome. So Tracy, this was so great to have you here. And I really enjoyed our conversation. You're my kind of person. <laughs> so <laughs> sounds like, so much. yeah, this is, this is very good for people to understand a little bit more about that energetics is not just something kind of out there with the energy and chakras, <laughs> but it's actually a very grounded um, component of personal process of becoming more empowered to then have the success in life that you would like, which is what you help them with. So awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. It was so great to be here. I appreciate it.
Oh, you're very welcome. And all the links are in the show notes. So you can find Tracy Hill in um, consciousevolution.coach and go sign up for her newsletter, get that beautiful gift and enjoy learning more about Tracy. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Conscious Coaches on a Mission. If you are a successful coach, mentor, or a healer who would like to be a guest on my podcast, please visit transcensiongate.com slash podcast. Are you the type of person who loves to help? If you got something out of this interview, I would love you to share this episode on a social media. Just take a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. Would love for you to shout us out on Facebook and Instagram at Eugenia Oganova. If you know someone who would be a great guest, tag them on a social media and let them know about the show. And please include the hashtag Conscious Coaches on a Mission. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. I'm regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure that you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your ratings and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and the guests. It means a lot. Want to know more? Go to my website, transcensiongate.com, to advance your consciousness and scale your business in a sustainable way using wealth energetics and soul design. And join my Facebook group called High Ticket Clients Energetics for Spiritual Coaches. Thank you so much for being here, and I'll see you next time. Thank you.